This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Good morning, Christian Family Church, Johannesburg. So good to be back with you again this weekend. And uh, we have an exciting message for you today, as always. But today's message is especially important. Because we're going to be dealing with the heart of praying in the Spirit. If you understand this and apply it in your life, you'll understand more about praying in the Spirit than a lot of pastors. So, concentrate. Take your Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 8. We're going to do most of our teaching from Romans chapter 8. I hope you have a pen and a notepad. All right. Reason number eight why praying in the Spirit is so important is we pray God's plan for our future into existence or into being. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Say this with me, please. When I speak in tongues, I am not speaking to men. I'm fellowshipping with God directly. I'm fellowshipping with God directly. Another translation says, in the spirit he speaks divine secrets. Why would this be called a secret? Because I'm praying God's plan for the future. And we don't know what God's plan for our future is. It's a secret. It's hidden from us, hidden from everybody except God. But God reveals that secret to us by praying in tongues. That's what we're going to be learning today. And Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and verse 27 will throw a lot more light on how that works. But before we go there, first let me say, Romans 8, 26 and 27 have always been very confusing. It has never made sense to me, no matter what translation I use to read from. It never made sense. So I decided to do an in-depth study of the Greek of these two verses, Romans 8, 26, 27. To get the full subject if you want to know exactly how that study worked out, go to my book, How to Recognize the Voice of God, or How to Pray Correctly. I have the full breakdown of what the result was and how it all worked out in those two books. So today we are going to be studying the TW version of Romans 8, 26, 27. And that would be yours truly, of course. Now, I have simply used 
different words to connect the Greek original words together in my translation. I've not changed the original Greek words in any way. The original Greek words of those two verses are right there. I haven't changed. I've just simply used different words to connect those words that they put in there than what the translators used. I'll show you as we go along. Now, I've also included Psalm chapter 4, verse 4, and Proverbs 20, verse 27, to back up my reasoning for the way I translated um, those two verses. And here is Psalm 4, 4. It said, Meditate within your heart upon your bed and be still. Say that with me. God said, I should meditate within my heart. So that's possible, right? Now look at Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord. Now, this scripture says, man's spirit is God's lamp. Now, a lamp is something we use to see with, right? So, my question then is, why would God need man's lamp for God to see where he's going? Obviously, God does need a lamp to see where he's going. No. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord to show the man where the man is going. Say this, man's spirit is God's lamp or light bulb to show the man where he is going. Now it goes on to tell us how that works in the rest of this verse. It says, searching all the inner depths of his heart. So we see that this lamp works, or man's spirit becomes a lamp when it searches all the inner depths of the man's heart. Now we know heart and spirit mean the same thing, referring to your spirit or your heart, same, same thing. So this verse is telling us that your spirit then will search your own heart, search itself for knowledge. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom, whatever. From who? From the Holy Spirit who is in your spirit. All right, now with that understanding, let's go to Romans 8. Verse 26. Likewise, this is the TW translation, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Now, notice this, the Holy Spirit helps in our weaknesses. It didn't say sicknesses. That word weaknesses in the Greek means human limitations. Human limitations. So, the Holy Spirit helps us because of our human limitations. 
For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Now, we know Jesus said in John 16, 23, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. Well, somebody says, so I do know how to pray. Because Jesus told me right there. That's a petition prayer for something you know that you need. But Romans 8.26 is not talking about a petition prayer for something that you know that you need. This is talking about praying for God's future plans for your life, and you don't know what they are. So how are you going to ask God to show you? I want you God to... You don't know what He wants you to do. So you can't be specific in that prayer. But the Holy Spirit can deal with it. All right? Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. We do not know we should pray for as He ought, but the Holy Spirit Himself makes intercession or prays for us with groanings, words, that means words, which cannot be uttered or expressed in a known language. Now, in this verse, all those words in brackets are the ones I added. So you can see I never changed the original Greek at all. I just simply added some words to make it clear. If you'll read that with that understanding. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not always should pray for as you ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes an intercession or prays for us with groanings or with words which cannot be uttered, which cannot be expressed in a known language. All right, this is talking about God's plan for our future, which we do not know what it is, right? Okay. And this is talking about the Holy Spirit helping us pray by an unction in an unknown heavenly language to bring this to pass. Now, more light is added on the next verse. But before we do, I'm going to read verse 26 again then go straight into the next verse. So we go into it with the understanding of what 26 says. Here we go. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as you ought, but the Holy Spirit himself prays for us with groanings or words which cannot be expressed in a known language. Now the next verse says, By praying in other tongues this way, we who search our hearts know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is. Because the Holy Spirit intercedes, prays for the saints according to the will of God. Now, there again, the words that are in brackets are the words I added. Watch this. I add the following words. By praying in other tongues this way, we search our hearts know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit in a sense prays for the saints according to the will of God. So again, you can see all the dark words underlined are the words that are in the original Greek. Search, hearts, know what the, what the mind, the Spirit, because He 
intercedes for the saints according to God. That's the Greek. Direct translate into English. Now, only read the highlighted words from Romans 8.27 as it appears below. It says, By praying in other tongues this way, we search our hearts. See that? Just the highlighted words is what I'd like you to read. By praying in other tongues this way, we search our hearts. Now that's perfectly in line with what we read in Psalm 4.4 and, and Proverbs 20 verse 27, where we search our hearts. It's a scriptural practice. Okay. So, so once again, we see when we pray in tongues, our spirit is searching out wisdom from the Holy Spirit who lives in our spirit. That's what's going on. Now, let's read Romans 8.27 again with different words highlighted here this time. Different words highlighted. Here we go. By praying in other tongues this way, we know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is because he prays for the saints. Interesting. So by praying in tongues this way, we know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is. We know what he's thinking, what he wants us to know, because the Holy Spirit prays for us to bring about the will of God. Okay. So here we see that when we pray in the Holy Spirit in other tongues, the Holy Spirit reveals our future to us. That's what he just said. And that's according to John 16, 13, where Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. So in Romans 8, 26, 27, the scripture is simply telling us that when we pray in the Spirit about complex situations and circumstances, the Holy Spirit solves the problem unscrambles the egg. Where we might be facing confusion and many possible options, not knowing which option is right, the Holy Spirit himself makes an intercession for us or prays through us according to the will of God in line with the will of God. The Holy Spirit will unscramble this confusing egg unscramble the egg, it will become clear to us what steps to take next in order to sort out this problem. And if he doesn't show us what to do, he will solve the problem himself. That's what that verse is saying. According to Romans 8, 26, 27, when you pray in tongues, we are searching out for understanding and direction as well. So not only is the Holy Spirit going to reveal God's plan and purpose for you to your heart and mind, but he's also going to bring it to pass. So not only will he bring it to pass in your future, but he'll tell you what it is he's going to do. It's amazing. This is huge. Now then, 
when, say this, when I pray in tongues, I must put my spirit into listening or searching mode. Say that again. When I pray in tongues, I must put my spirit into listening or searching mode. How do we do that? First, a good confession like, for example, I'm receiving instruction from the Holy Spirit as I pray. Say that. While I pray in tongues, I am receiving instruction from the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the will of God? What is it? Number one, the will of God is all that Jesus paid for on the cross. Everything that he bought for you and me on the cross is ours. It's God's will for us to have and experience. Romans 8.17 tells us that everything that God has given to his son Jesus Christ belongs to you and me as well. That means all that Christ possesses is equally ours, and Christ himself is ours. His nature, his character, his being. We are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, one spirit with the Lord. You are his body. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's amazing. All right, so you are going to be walking in the fullness of all that when you pray in tongues. God wants to guide you into your inheritance. All right, then secondly, the will of God is, as we've just discussed, the Holy Spirit will dismantle, dismantle problems in your life and arrange God's blessings to come to you. Remove the problems and arrange blessings. All right, the third thing about the will of God is, it's God's specific plan and purpose for your life. That is what you are praying into existence. When you are praying in the Spirit, it is revealed to you as well. So you'll know what God's called you to do when you pray in tongues. Let's say this. When I pray in tongues, I'm actually involved in bringing about the will of God for my life. All right, now go to Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. All right, so that word and is important. That tells us that God is not done talking about the subject of prayer as shown us in the previous two verses. And, and means I want to add this to that subject. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Well, we all love God, right? To those who are called according to His purpose, what's that mean? That means if I pray in tongues, we've just learned I'm praying God's purpose into existence. So you could say this, that this verse is saying that praying in tongues will bring about God's blessing in your life. It'll bring all good things into your life. Say this, those who pray in tongues can expect all things to work together 
for their good. Again, those who pray in tongues can expect all things to work together for their good. Now, what does the word all mean? It means all, because that's what all means, right? That means all things in our life will work perfectly in God's plan if we pray in tongues and listen to God while we do as we pray. Praying in tongues will help us listen and comprehend what God is saying. A lady said to me one time years ago that her husband was an alcoholic and she has witnessed to him for many years. And she was led to the Holy Spirit to pray in tongues on a certain day. And so she spent time praying in the Spirit. And then her husband said to her, after she had finished praying, I'm going to take a drive to another city, and I'd like you to come with me. And when he said that, she had a check in her heart. She had a sense that she should not go. So she said to him, I, I just don't feel good about this. I don't think we should go. And he said, well, I'm going with you or without you. And he went. And uh, the husband had a terrible, terrible car accident. Another car T-boned them, hit them right where she would have been sitting. And she would have been stone dead had she been in that car. And her husband lay in hospital for a long time. He didn't die. He survived. And she said to me, Apostle Theo, the thing that saved my life was knowing what you were teaching about hearing the, the, the will of God and the voice of God and praying in the Spirit. So I want to recommend to you to get my book on how to recognize the voice of God. It's vitally important. Everything you need to know about that subject is in that book. Now, when we go through difficult times in life, whether it be financial, family, marriage, or health-wise, etc., when we sense more burdens to pray, that's because the Holy Spirit is drawing alongside to help us through these difficult times. Now, if I were to pick this pulpit up and start carrying it off the platform, and some, some, a bunch of young men saw me here in the church and ran up to help me and they grabbed this pulpit, immediately I would feel the weight of the pulpit decrease. No question about that. Even if I had my eyes closed, I'd know others have grabbed this pulpit and are carrying it. I'm just hanging on. That's what happens when we pray in the Spirit. When the unction comes, when the Holy Spirit comes to help with your prayer, it's effortless. It becomes easy to pray. Another example I like to use is the one of rowing in a boat across a calm lake. Let's say early in the morning. Calm lake. And you're just going for a row. And then a breeze begins to blow from behind you. And the sails in your boat catch the wind. And you begin sailing across the lake 
effortlessly because the Holy Spirit blowing in or the wind is blowing into your sails as the Holy Spirit blows into your prayer time and unctions your prayer. So don't ever shake off those burdens when prayer comes like that. Many lives have been saved through this. Many lives. Several years ago, about 30 years ago, I was ministering in Hawaii. It was quite a large church. And the Spirit of God said to me, there's a lady here. She has seven children. Seven children. Ask her to stand. So I said, there's a lady here. You have seven children. Would you kindly stand up, please? Then the Lord said to me, tell her to come to the front. And I did not know what I was going to say to her. So she started walking to the front of the church. And then when she stood in front of me, I looked into my heart. And um, the Holy Spirit said to me, The word Desiree, Desiree, clearly in my heart. So I said to her, what does the word, the name Desiree mean to you? And she said, Desiree is the name of one of my daughters. And I carried on listening to my heart. And the Holy Spirit said to me, tell her that Desiree will live and not die. And so I said, Desiree will live and not die. Well, the church erupted with praise to God. Just went crazy. And uh, I had no idea what was going on. Come to find out that Desiree was deathly ill in hospital and her life was hanging between life and death. And the church had been praying in the spirit for Desiree. And so when I said that, and they, could, they obviously saw that I knew nothing about it, they realized that God had spoken to them supernaturally, and of course, Desiree did live and not die. That came because of praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. God's future came to pass. He brought it to pass, the blessing of God. In 2000, the year 2000, I had a dream. I was in Florida at the time. And I had a dream about a friend of mine by the name of Graham Patterson. And um, I hadn't seen him for a few years at that, at that time. I'd lost contact with him, did not know where he was, but I'd known Graham for many years. And um, in the dream, I saw Graham standing at a funeral, dressed in funeral clothes, and the funeral was very somber and sad. I immediately called my secretary from Florida, and at the time, at the time then, her name was Rona, and I said to Rona, I said, Rona, please find out where Graham Patterson is living. And I gave her some general idea of where 
I expected he might be. Then I said, give him this message. Tell Graham I saw him standing at a funeral, and he needs to ask his family and friends to please be very careful. Be very careful. So Rona found him and gave him the message the following morning. The following morning. That same day, he got the message that morning. The same day, Graham's wife, uh, uh, her brother, Graham's brother-in-law, was coming home from work, got to his house, and he was shot dead right outside of his house. And that happened, and then two days later, Graham was standing at the funeral. Graham was standing at the funeral. So, my question there is, or our question should be, why did God give us the dream just to let him know that his, his family member was going to die, and that happened? That didn't make any sense. Well, we learn as we go along, don't we? We learn through the years. What I should have said to Graham was, Graham, now get your family and friends to pray in tongues. And everybody pray earnestly in tongues right now about this dream. And if they'd all done that, the Holy Ghost would have intervened and that would not have happened. And if they'd all prayed and nothing went wrong, I wouldn't have had any kind of story to tell you here today. No story. My question is, wouldn't even have been in my notes. My question is, how many stories would we have if we had not prayed in tongues? Or what about this question? When we get to heaven one day, how many Stories will Jesus show us problems that were prevented in your life because you prayed in tongues and don't even know that God protected you. And how many blessings have come your way that you didn't even know came because you prayed in tongues? We'll find all that out when we get to heaven. But in the meantime, Let's believe the Word of God because it is true. It works. And if you pray in tongues, that's evidence of your faith in the Holy Ghost's ability to pray through you and bring God's plan to pass. Just praying in tongues proves to God that you have faith in the Holy Spirit and He's working. Now say this with me before I close. Say, when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit prays through me and He prays and then answers. He prays and then answers the very prayer He prayed. He brings it to pass. Praise God. So from me and Pastor Bev, we want to tell you how much we love you and we are praying for you continually. We thank you for praying for us as well. And bow your heads, everybody. We're going to invite folks who don't know Jesus to receive him as their Lord and Savior. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads.
How many of you would say this morning, and you watching live as well, Apostle Theo, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. I just don't know where I'm going. Can you help me? Yes, I can. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to count to three. And if you'll slip your hand up, then God will speak to you and confirm to your heart that you will go to heaven, that you are His child, and you are forgiven for your sins. That's what you desire from the Lord today is that confirmation. Count to three, slip your hand up if you want it. One, two, three. Praise God. All right, now I invite everybody present to say this prayer along with me. And I invite especially those who raised their hands to say their prayer as well. All right, let's pray. Dear God, let's try that again. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross in my place. He was punished for my sins so I could be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus, for all of my sin. Come into my heart and save my life. I declare you are my Lord and Savior. Therefore, I am now saved. God is my Father. I am God's child. Praise God, I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. I'm bound for heaven. Amen. Praise God if you did that. Congratulations. Give him a great big praise God, everybody. And all of you that raised your hands, I'd like you to go with the person who's praying with you right now to the prayer room for just a brief moment, and then you'll be free to leave. All right? Give a big praise God as they go, everybody, please. Thank you. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you soon. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.